Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoiseshek podcast. This is the conversation I had a few days ago with Sunday Business Post senior reporter Killian Woods who joined me in the Tortoiseshek in person for a conversation about what's happening in the housing market and what may be ahead in 2024. Before I let you get to it, I need to ask for your support. As I say all the time, we have no ads, we have no sponsors, but we have thousands of you listening. So if you're listening and you get something out of it, please give something back. Click the link that says patreon.com forward slash tortoiseshack. Join us, try it for a month. It's a price of a cup of tea and a scone. But for us, it's actually bills paid and the platform keeps going. We have no other way of keeping these shows on the road without your support. There's tons of additional content. You get access to our podcast as quickly as I can turn them around, including the one conversation we had with Jana Lyons, the primary school teacher, about what is happening in terms of pay equality and how they're resourcing uh, for students who are living in emergency accommodation, uh, suffering effectively from homelessness. Uh, well worth your listen now. That's available on the Patreon feed. And that's just one of over a thousand podcasts that are all in a consolidated feed. So you never miss a podcast, be it Reboot, Echo, Glow West, Lost in Implementation, Shrapnel. You won't miss any of them. They're all in one place, in one feed, and they're entirely plea-free. So you don't have to listen to me beg, but unfortunately beg I must. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Please click the link. Have a look around. I'm going to stop rabbiting on. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber Podcast. My name is Tony Groves. And we're back talking to a, a tortoise shack regular, but it's been a little while. Uh, senior business reporter with the Business Post, uh, Killian Woods. Killian, how are you keeping? Not too bad. It's good to be here, like yeah. in person. Yeah. It's good to get. It's good to do the in studio. It's always it's always better. We always get a better uh, better sense of things. And what we're going to talk about yet again, as always, as usual, is the I'm going to say frankly the great work that you do. Uh, particularly around housing, not just housing, but but it's been predominantly housing for a number of years now, Killian. Um, and some of the stuff that has been happening in the last few months has been, oh, we always have this conversation where we always say, maybe something is surprising and yet not shocking. Does that make sense? Yeah, I suppose, yeah, that, that kind of, I get what you mean. It's it's become, we've become a bit numb to it. I think I've said, I think I said that <laughs> the last time I was in here mm-hmm. in the play, it, like actually in with you, that was pre-pandemic, like 2019. Yeah. I think that's that's weird. I'm kind of having a deja vu. That's the exact <laughs> word I use. You're kind of we're kind of getting numb to how this has been a crisis. It's been a crisis since I think I'd actually credit the first person really to point out it was a crisis was Johnny Ronan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> genuine. He actually wrote a letter. Now you know it turned out to be true, and you know maybe 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 his. But anyway, he turned out to be true. He wrote to the um kind of banking inquiry and well, it was inquiry not commission banking inquiry saying, I'm warning you. We're going to run out of houses soon. And everyone laughed. Like, well, they wouldn't even get in the room. They laughed at them. And now it's turned out to be true. So, you know, that's, I think that's, since that's the start, I think that's the start of the housing crisis. And now we're, at, I don't know what phase we're at now. We're at some sort of phase. But well, there's a sounding bell or as an alarm bell, I suppose. That's, so, that's, that's another one. That's one to go back to, all right. But, um, but if we can, let's talk, let's bring it, let's fast forward the tape to some of the work that, that you've done recently and put it in the context of, of say, for example, you know, we've seen the funds, the managed funds, the REITs that have been obviously buying up and, and, and not just buying up assets, but in our world, we were told they were building them. Obviously, you know, they were forward building, they were paying them out. But it, And now we're seeing situations, I don't know if you've been watching, but even like across the globe, actually, I'm sure you have been watching across the globe. Some of these have been losing value in their stocks, you know, the even the likes of, of, of Blackstone, who are the, 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 the big daddy in, in many respects have have been struggling. I saw um, in the last 24 hours, 
uh, a, a a reduction in one of the UK funds of about six six point eight percent in the the value of their thing. So so it is a there is a, a tightening going on, and yet it's not it's not playing out just yet in the Irish market because we're seeing we're seeing a different type of uh, way they're purchasing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, and that, that is yeah, that, it's it's we can. Maybe not get into the whole weeds of it, but that, that is true. Like although Blackstone are looking to I think today they're talking about another thirty billion fund they, put into it now. They successfully funded that yeah. in, in was it twenty four hours or something? Yeah. So like it it's hard I think I, I was I was talking to the um head of investment for legal in general recently and, and she's um their their UK um insurance firm, but obviously obviously investing money to try and make money for their for their insurance clients. And she she was interestingly saying that you know we've got we've always looked at property maybe in, in a binary way of it's just you've got housing you've got your offices and then you've got or you know, even just you've got housing residential and then commercial and now it's segmenting off into so many different bits so I think for, looks like the PRS sector with the private rental sector that's to build to rent mm. we are looking a bit shaky now in that they can't fund get funding to build them right but that's now one segment of residential there's obviously another segment of residential which is coming up is social housing, which is, I see no let up in that. That's where a lot of the money will shift into. That's kind of government bonds mm. on steroids sort of stuff. And that's how the industry talk about it themselves, where you've got the government bankrupt coming in to say, we'll give you the money to build this. So why would the social housing for us? So why would they ever get involved in the private rental sector, which is quite shaky? Is it going to be, is, will people be able to pay the rents? That would the cost of apartments is now flying up. Whereas you've got the state who needs them like and like and not not on a like basis. We wouldn't like some nice apartments. They need apartments. They need housing. That's where I see a lot of the shift in investment going into social housing. And then you can you can kind of take that off like an environmental social good. You know, like yeah. that kind of is it? You say it's a buzzword in investing. Is it kind of or is oh, it, it, it means something? You, you it can, can mean you, it, it. It you can have your social your CSO or your corporate social responsibility. Yeah, that's another one. And yeah. and and it's a beautiful way to to frame it. But it's also. A hugely profitable way to do it. Well, some, some, yeah, and some elements of it will be, yeah, exactly. Like if you, well, your... well, even if it's not getting you, say the 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 immediate, you might go in on on, say you start a project and you know you can flip this project, you can pump your money in, and you're going to get you know a a twenty six percent return in you know in the matter of twenty four twenty six months or whatever the equivalent is. You won't have this with that, but what you will have, as as you said, is social housing will pay for over the long term guaranteed returns to you it, we we had this issue when it came to the likes of enhanced leasing if you recall and how it's still going on and they're going to do more of it yeah and they are going to do more of it despite being told it was going to be phased out yeah um can i ask you just about the the uh the the Patrizia fund that you that you mentioned in your story at the weekend and uh and their sort of mentality of uh I, this is my yeah so like uh, sorry to cut across you this is my I'd say this is my favorite story I've ever done. Like, I, I, I don't want to talk. It's, I'm t- speaking a bit tongue in cheek about it here, but you can't laugh at about it. You cry like it, the way. So it was a Patrizia are a. If I think it, I looked it up there. It's 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 a Greek word for noble. Yes, noble or like patrician. It, it, no, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's yeah. very much from the patricians. Uh, which, yeah. which is your, which is which is when you were doing up the democracy, they could vote and the rest of you couldn't. <laughs> okay, that sounds very familiar. Um, so Patrizia or Patrizia, they um, they're a German. German pension fund come in to Ireland looking to invest in in housing. They're slowly, like I, we were reluctant to call them 
like I'm not I'm not 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 shy of calling things vulture funds and cuckoo funds, but I would maybe sh- shy away from calling them the cuckoo fund. They're not necessarily pushing buyers directly out, and that they are bringing the money in that's actually building these apartment blocks. So I would maybe we'll call them at a fair an investment fund or institutional fund. They've come in. They are buying apartment blocks. They are buying new build apartment blocks that probably wouldn't be built without the money that they brought. But they are buying them up now. I think it's just over a thousand accounted at the weekend. That's now an estimate because I was having to go off their portfolio online. But they came in, like I think 2016 was their first purchase in Harold's Cross. And they've just now, they did last week a little report on the Dublin market. And I think it was written by the in-house Dublin team because it, it referenced like, you know, Ireland's great crack. And uh, yeah, and again, there is and like, yeah, Ireland, and that, it finishes with that, doesn't it? Yeah. Don't like, forget about the crack. Don't forget about the crack. Ireland's great crack. There's heritage, there's hedonism. But it all comes at a price, you know, like this is a, that it's a very expensive place to live and it's called like, the heritage and hedonism is going to cost you more than 500 grand to live there and rents are high and there's a shortage of rentals and all this stuff feeds into them. I, I think the opening line of it's the most damning, which is pretty much like if, if a citizen of Dublin wants to save money or cut, save on their cost of living or address their cost of living, they should move to virtually any other city in Europe, which is such a cutting line for a landlord to say that about their own city that they're active in is like we are like you cannot afford to live here and we're the ones trying to pitch to you live here pretty much because if you don't if no one lives in Dublin what the, what's the point of their their assets like you maybe maybe um Maybe Conor Skeen wrote it actually, you know, because he did. That was a that was a Conor Skeenism where he said, you know, if if you have a problem with Dublin, oh, you have to move further out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that is true. Yeah, that was. Um, did he say that? Yeah, was that in prime time? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and and you know, and Owen Keegan has has form in some of these as well, and he's supposed to be planning the city. I know. Yeah, like there's there's only so far. I know people now have moved out to Offaly and and commuting to Dublin for work, and that's just I don't know how much further you can go. I I, I spoke to. Um, two professionals who are commuting from Wexford every day, and um, and living back in in one of the per, one of the pairs of family home, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's insane. Um, but however, we go back to this to this group, and uh, the the likes they're a large landlord. Yeah, and I think just the report for me stripping back all the like kind of the funny language and the and the way they talk about the Irish market, like. It is important to see this is what they view it as. And this is, you know, I'm not saying we don't need rental housing. And sometimes what my reporting or what I say is construed as like he's, they're against rental housing. They don't want rental housing. But it's important just to see this is how we're talking about housing now. And it's complete, the whole language around housing has shifted into this kind of very blunt and brutal way of saying if you can't afford it, like out you go, mm. you know, and. I, I'm stop. Not it's not it's not kind of Ireland is full or Ireland Ireland is for the Irish sort of stuff. But there pretty much is, and only there's only a certain way of housing has been built now, and it's not getting cheaper. It's getting more expensive, and I think there's probably a stage where the sector needs to realize, like, yeah, are you even trying to make it cheaper? Like, and they say they can't, but it's like, well then, like, you're not even trying to make it cheaper. And they'll say modern methods of construction. It's like, no, but that's been. That's been going on for a long time. We, we, and I know there is a housing, and this is what's used as a housing crisis in other cities in the world. But you don't. We don't need to benchmark ourselves. The crisis is normal. Then that's that's the new normal. Like we can uh, we can aspire to get out of the crisis or be the country that leads us way out of the crisis. And and we don't have a housing crisis anymore. We solve our homelessness issue. We solve our shortage of social housing issue. But I just I don't like this attitude of like that. It's just this is what it costs now. And we're not striving to make it any cheaper. And 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 I just don't buy 
this this narrative that the supply will come on stream and it'll get cheaper because do you buy then, the nar- do you buy the narrative that there's a softening of house prices now because supply has been increased? I I don't think they're correlated direct. Like I think you can say those two things in a sentence and say, but it doesn't mean they're correlated. I think there's definitely there, there's absolutely there's no de- denying a softening of house prices, but everything will point towards that's a weakening of spending power, not necessarily anything to do with supply coming on. If you had interest rates at at, at yeah. near zero and now they're near near five, yes, it's going to make it. Yeah, with, it's like, well, that's, that's that that is empirical empirical that that you have if interest rates go up, house prices should go down. That's proven. Like, mm-hmm. and they're not, I'm not disputing that that happens. But to say that it's it's anything to do with supply is is I, fantasy. I want to go on. I want to go on record fantasy. saying those three years where we had the you know the the fifty eight thousand, seventy two thousand, and the eighty eight thousand house prices never fell. And this is I've, I'm, I'm maybe blue blue in the face arguing this, but like that's that's where that's why I raise the um, the talk of like construction prices. Like we're seeing now, price has been quoted for three bed apartments in Dublin that are going to cost between eight hundred and nine hundred thousand euro. Sorry, yeah, that that's what's been quoted now to some councils about what will cost for a three bed apartment in Dublin. 000. Yeah, and I know that's a three bed. That's a three bed. So bring it down to two. We're shaving a little bit off down to one. But I'm talking about what people want so we can say that the family unit has gone down to 2.1 or 2.3 and that means they need a 2.1 bed house doesn't work like that life doesn't work like that they need a bedroom they need somewhere for maybe a kid to live they maybe need somewhere that if they want need to move in to be a care for someone that they can live there they want to they need somewhere to work have an office or just a, a space to have a spare room so someone can come and visit but if the three bed apartment that they're trying to aspire to build densely in dublin is going to cost that I don't see how you can possibly have any supply, the influx of supply that will reduce prices because the price will have to match what it costs to build that over the return that the investment fund got money in to buy it. So, like, I don't see how supply will come on stream at that significant volume to drop prices. And when supply does reach a tipping point of prices going down, why would anyone keep supplying it? And I don't get the builders will build stuff like that there oh this is their industry they'll build they'll build they'll build you know and I'm not saying there's a there's an orchestrated constraint supply now I don't think there is I don't think that's what's happening right now but it would make business sense when the rents start going down to stop building why would you keep building like it, it makes no business sense and anyone who says that any otherwise I get the economics of it I get that economics 101 is that supply increases supply increases um, addresses demand price drops I completely understand that I'm saying this is not as simple as it's not as simple as that. The housing market is not that rational, um, and it doesn't it doesn't respond in in those ways. And even when it does, it's been shown where we keep being told, you know, I mean, people have economists have published the reports. You need huge volume of new supply just to move the market by 0.2 percent, mm. 0.1 percent. So we're talking way behind where we're even talking about pitching it now, and um, just. Interesting though you brought it up. So, and just uh, I need to clarify, and that's not to say I'm against building fifty thousand houses a year. I'm just saying we need to understand, and the government should probably get out there to at least address that. And and, and I know Lever Acker has actually said it last year that the supply might not address the affordability issues. They're trying to, I see they're trying to maybe get out in front of that now a little bit. But I'm not saying or I'm against building a lot of housing. I'm saying we should understand that house prices are seemingly at this level, and save for a huge crash which everyone will feel a lot of pain for your pro- your house price might go down but then all of a sudden taxes fly up or we go through um, an economic recession and then 
is it worth it that you've got your house for half the price that it was built well, for? I mean, Sorry, I cut so across no, you there. No, no, but, um, um, Toby Lloyd sat here a couple of weeks ago and he was Theresa May's uh, advisor in, in Downing Street about housing. And he said that we have the worst of all worlds because when, when you're trying to have uh, in property, when you once we financialized it by introducing the banks into the system decades ago, we went from boom to bust. Now we've the worst of all worlds. We've boom, stagnate, boom, stagnate. And we are, we do very much have that because we've, we've just talked about a softening of prices. We've been talking about, you know, making sure that we maintain these levels because the fear of saying to people you might go into negative equity again, who did that in 2008, is something that probably scares a voter base that vote for a government more than, and I hate to say it, more than 12,000 people homeless. Mm. That's the reality and that's that's the truth and that's where that's where the votes are. But it brings me back to the election of 2020. I was on the, and it was Davy Stockbrokers who had the, sorry, it was Good Body Stockbrokers who had a conference call about the results of the 2020 election. And one of the big fears was at the time that um, Sinn Féin had done quite well and there were managed funds, residential investment trusts on the call, and they kept, they kept asking questions about their their returns factored into 2014, 2050 via these built to rent and via you know enhanced leasing, and their share price had dipped for the first time on the back of the the potential, just the potential of a Sinn Fein government, and I remember quite well that Pat Lee was on given his uh, from the Irish Times given his political opinion, and he was found to be correct. He said. He thought Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael would do a, do a deal and wouldn't have to worry about Sinn Féin in, in the long run. We see this now, in, even in your newspaper the weekend, where is a PwC warning about uh, the, the fear of... Uh, of a Sinn Féin government. Yeah, they're advising that like you know an asset sell-off is needed. or that, oh, That's what they're advising their clients to you know sell off assets and that they need to be worried about a Sinn Féin government. Or they, that, that's the level of concern they're showing about a possible change in government. Um, you know, I... I it's hard to look that that is maybe that advice is given because it's seen as just the most rational to give and that, that it fulfills a, a a narrative already that's out there about Sinn Fein that they need to sell off their assets. Whether anyone will react to that, I largely the the most concerned cohort I would talk to about a Sinn Fein government are landlords, but small landlords, not mm. large. I don't know if it registers. Well, a, it, a, it, a large it, landlord is, is, might might be might already be fixed into a twenty year, twenty five year. I don't year. think it's included. Uh, not that I I looked at the risks and that, uh, risk assessments for the IRAs REITs mm. and annual report. I don't think Sinn Fein uh, change in government was mentioned in it. The change in legislation was mentioned in it. Um, like, but that's happening all the time. That was happening. That's happening all the time during the current government. They are changing apartment laws and apartment standards from built to rent constantly. They're getting rid of co living. They're at, they're, they're adding co living. Getting rid of it. The reasons we have a lot of issues with uh, with with, with um, planning permissions uncommenced because of some of the the changes they made. Yeah, well, dense. Yeah, then that that happened with um that happened with an apartment block um oh, what the address is near here. It was been built by the the Comer Group and the apartment. Um, changes came in while they were active on site and they went back onto planning permission to try and add more and more levels to get them more dense squeeze more in like that's maybe a sense that's a sensible that's their sensible approach to building it makes more sense to get more units on site and change but there you go that's the result of plans been changed people go back to the drawing board like the, the development sector says it wants consistency like you'd argue you could, you could argue this government didn't hasn't given them the consistency that they want either that they Darren has gotten rid of co-living like you know, it would, now 
it's not it's not fair that's that needs to be caveated it's not banned there is there is co-living in, in Dublin there's more coming and the ones that got planning permission already will some of them will be built some of them won't be built but there's no more hmm. coming after this after this wave or there there won't be until they reassess if it's useful or there's not no point raking over those calls but, because we know it that like it's been phased out I, uh, yeah but I'm just saying they're, they're, they have given enough uncertainty to the market that they claim they will bring them that they feel that Sinn Féin won't bring that certainty. There'll be changing laws here. There'll be rent, but rent, rent control here. There'll be eviction bans here. But like that's what that's what the current the current government have actually put in place rent controls. They have put in place an eviction ban, which was you know all over the shop and how it's dealt. In, in fact, you probably wouldn't be looking too certain at how like the fall of the the eviction ban was interesting because it gives a it doesn't give like a really good read in the country of what sentiment is toward it. Mm. You know, like previously we had the eviction ban came in and there was threats of high court action. There was threats of we're going to take the state to court. None of that happened. None of that happened. And then we've gotten loads of polls about what people think of an eviction ban and overall public sentiment was kind of proven that they kind of wanted it. So people were, it was just narrowly, but it was that people wanted it, wanted the eviction ban to continue. It was, it was close, you know, like the, the polls, okay, there was a majority um, I, I think it was Harry uh, McEvan-Sonia we went through the polls on this with him last weekend and Harry's great as you know from mm. Mr. Irish election projections himself and he said it. but there was but there was there was more of a plurality who, who were in favour of it more than you would call a majority because you had people who were in the private rental sector obviously in favour of it you had a, a large minority 43% of homeowners who were in favour of it which still says fifty-seven percent of homeowners weren't, but you know when you when you couple those together, you and those those cohorts that don't seem to have their interests aligned, they were in over overall in favour of it. And I, I have to stress, it was just a no-fault eviction moratorium. It wasn't really a, 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 an eviction ban. There were still evictions going on for antisocial behaviour and non-payment of rent, and there would be in an, in a in a normal Western-style rental market yeah. the same thing as well. But we go back to that, and you, and you, I mean, you, 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 you do a piece on the RTB figures. Um, I mean, let me talk about about that a little bit because I still think there was a telling comment from the Taoiseach where he said, uh, "You know, people might think that if we had this data, we'd have done something differently." No, we wouldn't. It was would. it was very revealing. It was the, <laughs> it the, wasn't at least greatest. It wasn't his greatest communications moment. I didn't think. But yeah, but they were, st- you know, I suppose that's to be expected. They were standing over the decision, and they were they were saying that these these figures wouldn't have shown. Like then he, it brought back to the question: What would what would the figures have had to show for you to make? Like what's what did the, that means? There is a number. If if he if he knows that number is not the number that would change his mind with evictions, what was the overall number that would have changed changed their mind? Like I know that so. Yeah, look, the RTD stuff last week was just what a what a story what a story by the Dublin Enquirer. Like, like I, I, it's one of those ones where you look and uh, you think, are we like, will I curse on the podcast? Ahead, yeah. And I was like, fuck's sake, what a what a story! Oh my, like you look at you read the head and the headline. God, this is a bit like inside baseball here. The headline was beautiful. It was so good. Um, I'm not going to even do justice for trying to quote it, but it was like when when he when he said he didn't have them, he had them. Like it was when the minister said he didn't have them, he had them. It's a beautiful headline, so well written, so well like and so concise. Fair play, they publish all the documents. I, the Dublin Enquirer, when they get that sort of stuff, they do it so right. It was a brilliant story, and they set the agenda good like now several times a year. And that's 
that that sounds like it's not a lot. That's a lot to set the agenda th- a few times a year on on certain topics. It's huge. A newspaper with with like what uh, running on a shoestring. And yeah, I know yeah, yeah. on a shoestring. Yeah, but like, but it's important. So, but dude, that's to give them their credit. That was an unbelievable story. Um, uh, about the rent rental figures. Sorry, I'll give it maybe wrap up what it was. It was that the the Darabrine cabinet were saying that they didn't have access to the RTB data on eviction figures and the Dublin Inquirer had an FOI back that pretty much shows that the department did. I would believe because you take a face value, Dara Bryan said he didn't have them. Well take him at face value he didn't. Um there is no evidence to show he did. There's no ev- there's no paper trail to show that he was actually shown the figures he knew about them. But the department did know the department told the RTB not to release them ahead of the vote on the eviction ban and the no confidence vote. So there was potential politicisation of figures there there was debt um, it's hard to know if it was politicisation or not because it was the department who are not party politics but mm. it is, there's, there's definitely an image of politicisation of figures there and but the RTB stuff like I just that it sums up so perfectly that it's, a, and it's another one where we have the data there and it's not been used like clearly so let's take them all at face value let's take the Taoiseach face value Michal Martin said they didn't have it Dara Bryan said they didn't have it why didn't they have it like what does it need to be how how, why wasn't it put up the ladder to them like they knew the department knew the eviction moratorium was about to be lifted they knew the decision was coming up they knew there'd be votes on it they knew it was contentious because it was already contentious in the media then and they were asked, been asked about it weekly why not just let the minister know this is what the data shows and even give a fudge, we can't release it yet because they're not finalised. We, we, you know, there could be some late ones that come in. Even, like, that would be a legitimate reason for not releasing. And that's probably why the RTB don't release them, is that there could be some, they're stuck in the post that come later and they want the figures to be bang accurate. I know they do that in other areas for housing, like they, with commencement notices, they don't just release them on the end of the month because some can come in late. But it's a perfect example. They just, even though they have that preliminary data, just, just use it, just have it even as an indicator. Because it was nearly right. It was nearly bang on right the figures so just use that data to inform your decision or because they clearly didn't because the overhacker said they didn't mm. but you, you use that all over the shop with stuff like with, I think going well, back to commencement figures we don't it's RTB figures it's it's, it's, it's counting it's, houses it's completions completions it's like I, I don't I still don't get how you we can't find a metric for counting how many houses are built can you, can you explain to me why there's a why there's a gap of nearly 6,000 no, if I if I could, I'd have written <laughs> written why. Yeah, I know, I I know that that that's the issue. And even but even I look at let's say so commencement figure commencement notices are when you a developer or a person going to build a house lets the um, building control management system, who's like a kind of regulator of building, know we're building this here, and this is me telling you I've got my plan of permission. Here's the number uh, of the plan of permission, and I'm building this now. That's my in the next seven days or the next fourteen days, I'm going to start putting bricks on the ground. It doesn't mean it actually happens, but it's a very good indicator, like that they they that it will happen. But including in those commencement notices are you know people knocking down their home in Donegal and rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Now it's not a huge amount, but it, that's a, it'll be a sizable amount in the next year that will make those those figures look quite large. Um, included in there are apartment blocks that are maybe you start one block and you don't finish the rest of them out. You, someone included in there are like a 400 unit housing estate and you're only building them 50 at a time so it's actually not 400 been built now it's been 50 built this year maybe another 50 in two years time like we're all over the shop and counting data and then not sharing it like I, earlier in the year the land development agency did this like again it was not the it was a pretty robust report on house building co- what it costs to build housing and in Ireland compared to Belgium and France and other in Germany for social housing on public land and 
I don't know why you wouldn't like they got that research done in house and I don't know why they didn't release the minister. Like it surely would be useful to share what why are we why is this siloed off? Or and it'd be really broke where where it was the famously uh, it was this it was more expensive to buy a door. If. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, these these stories about like the, how much how much they're putting into each of these houses is, and like the different different little bits and pieces that make up a house. Uh, I can't remember what's the price of the door. I'm, I'm oh, blind. I think it was four grand. But, yeah. maybe, but then I was told that's normal. Yeah, well, maybe that's my ignorance. Well, no, again, we, it sounds a lot. It was a lot, and it depends. We we will be told then that you know depending on we might have higher standards for say, and this is you think other thing that gets pushed back at you. You go well if someone is building social housing. Mm. It has to be to a higher standard than, say, if it was in the built-to-rent model uh, market, yeah. which is, which is again, which is crazy to think that this is why have we got, why aren't we making everything to, uh, if we're really serious about, say, climate action, for example, yeah. why aren't we making them all to a passive standard? Um, but on the on the on the the actual, so the numbers we we can agree are a mess. The con- commencement figures are a concern. The um the the idea that we're got, we've turned the corner, we're now on the cusp of doing. Surely, I mean, I, and I don't like to ask you to tread into the realm of speculation, but you've been looking at this now for long enough to be able to look at it and say, well, actually, I do I have a feeling that Act 2023 might be okay, but definitely 2024 is going to be problematic. Uh, I, don't, I still don't know, because I, 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 like I look at the, that's something I've started looking more at, is commencement notices to get a measure on how much more housing has been built now. And that's kind of a, that's a bit of a, it's a bit of a confidence barometer for the industry. So, but then again, I thought, so Leo Frager said, or no, he didn't say, there was speculation that they were going to go for a, an election or he was planning maybe an election, not this October, next October. Mm. And looking at... It's 15 months after Nessa's suspension. That's okay, right. <laughs> that's that's right. Um, but I, and I looked at that when, I, when he... Well, that was when floating around. I, no, he didn't say that. I think it was, it was, it was speculation, party speculation that that's, that's who he was looking at in early election. That would be not too ready, but early enough. Um, like he, I think it's January they actually have to go in. Yeah, to, but and, they and could, there's, there's talk of it. There's talk of it. January 25. Yeah, but, 25. They're, but they're, talking about the, they're talking about a late summer, early early, early autumn. Now, like, originally when they said, when that was floating around, I thought, well, actually, that would be like the worst possible time to have an election because you'll just be on you'll, you're, you'll be about to see housing completions go down to twenty to 19,000 mm-hmm. based on how many com- commencements are happening around around that mark which will be like it would be the whole housing thing in free fall because mm-hmm. the problem is if you hit thir- if you hit 30,000 last year let's say let's take that figure yeah, at face take, value a, if you hit 30,000 right and then it starts going down then you're like, then then you're lo- then you're completely losing. This goes, like, back, then this goes back to Lorcan's source point. He said, well, if it was only twenty four, oh, twenty four thousand last year, why not just say it's only twenty four thousand rather than have the get the kick of saying it is actually thirty and then have to suffer take oh, the but, medicine. But the, like, so it might be fall to like twenty seven this year. But but then again, they don't know. Like, so um, I'm jumping all over the place here. No, but like, okay. but they, but like last, like the central bank said in in February in their quarterly update, they said there were there were nearly twenty nine thousand built last year. That's just that's, that it's near. It, it's factually incorrect mm. because if you take the CSO figure, it wasn't nearly twenty nine thousand. It was way more. It was nearly thirty thousand. Mm. So it wasn't. So that's factually incorrect. The SCSI were saying it was going to be twenty five or something thousand. I'm just, I won't hold them to that. They were, but they, all these different sources were saying that there was, whether they were builders, whether they were the social housing sector, whether it was the government, whether it was the CSO, they were all saying different figures for how many are going to be built last year. And that was the panic last June was where our housing figure, housing completions are going to go down below 24,000 this year. They're not going to meet their targets because social housing isn't been built at the moment. Loads of the projects have stalled. Like, 
that turned out to be so far off the mark if you take the 30,000, the 29,000 something, but it was nearly 30,000 figure last year, the CSO said. That's also so far off the mark. It, I don't get how we can't count how many are going to be within a realm of like maybe a thousand plus or minus. Just go back to the old ESB uh, connection. Well, but, but they, well maybe, I, I, but no, we shouldn't. But like, but like, I just don't get we can't count that. And it's a very important metric. It's important to see how many are going to be built. The government can't say at the start of the year, like even a forecast, oh, we're, we're thinking this. Because they're they now now they're spooked because they thought they weren't even going to hit twenty five thousand last year, and all of a sudden CSO said there was like a bump. Where'd the bomb come from? Where are these houses? Where did they come from? We don't know. And why? And why? According to Laura, I believe I is so much of them in Dublin and apparently apartment yeah. apartments that don't have completion certificates to show that they're, they're technically speaking, you're not able to live in them just yet. Yeah, you know. So so I, well, we got to go back. You mentioned social housing. It's going to come back a lot of the social housing over the next little while. That's where the that's where the, the funding has been pumped into. Yeah. Even if there's a billion euro yeah. underspend, um, but one thing that worries me. So again, I could be in trouble for this. So, uh, so the the minister Daryl Bryan keeps talking about cost rental is a new form of uh, of, of rental, and it's not. It's about a hundred years old, actually. It was born in mm. Vienna a hundred years ago. Um, but nonetheless, maybe he means it's a new form. It's here, new form here, maybe. Yeah, or it's a new form because it's a little bit of a hybrid. Because the numbers we're talking about, they're not very affordable. Like it's it's still large rents, uh, Killian. Like they're... yeah, I think was it one of the and this is only forecast. It was Dundrum LDA were forecasting like eleven hundred for well, one bed, twelve hundred for one bed is twelve and bright high. And you know, like these are been pitched at. A cohort that can't get into the market, and like the one beds, unless they're meant for single people, they're meant that's who they're meant for, and that's still like anything. If you're going to qualify for um cost rental, it's less than you make less than 50 grand a year at the moment, and uh, they'll have to look at that, I'm sure. But, but that's still a lot, like that's still a huge. If you're 11, like 11, 1200 mm-hmm. over a year, like you're you're just about my maths terrible. You could have maths in your head, but like that, like the thirty percent affordability mark. mark. Yeah, like, no, you know you, the, you, where you at then. So, so it's so so in an ideal situation, you shouldn't be paying more than thirty percent of your income uh, to to yeah. to finance your the roof over your yeah. head. Whether that's be a mortgage or, and they will stress test everything. So you know, if you're borrowed off me at two percent, I got to stress test you at four percent mm-hmm. and make sure that rates go up. You're still not paying more than that amount out, right? Yeah, so yeah. ideally, you got to get below that. We're not seeing that, and they're probably saying, and again, with cost rental. It's supposed to be that the cost, that the rent is matched to the cost of actually building it out over the term of the mm. the loan. So so effectively, if an AHB borrows for twenty five years, I think they've given them an extension. They could borrow up to maybe thirty years now. In some in some, uh, there was some, I'm not okay with that. There was a lot of changes to cost rental in general. Yeah, but, but we yeah. we we're not making it's not actually affordable. And this is where this is where it's it's starting to bite because you're talking about numbers now. To me, say it's got to cost eight hundred grand to build an apartment, and I'm thinking how how even you yeah. could put that loan over a hundred years, Gillian, and the rent is still going to be astronomical. And and then. To, to flip it and again I didn't think I'd go here but we're now talking about you know oh if anybody's having get, gets a notice to quit we'll look at it if the state can take it on and, and make it cost rental how the hell are we how the hell are we making the actual cost rental? are we yeah. just deciding to call like it's it's literally it's it's like um that brick in uh, in um, what's it called uh are you just pointing at things and saying and, uh, and telling me you love them, Brick? Uh, are you just pointing at things and saying that 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 they're cost rental now because we have this terrible situation where 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 every it can't be cost rental if it's if it actually is pricing people out of it because again back to Vienna, 
you can be you can you can be uh, a, an architect or you could be a nurse or you could be putting stu- stuff on the shelf in Lidl or whatever it is and you can all live in the one community and and have stable rents yeah and it's you know it's 20% of your market we just seem to said well look we'll just call all of this cost rental and it's not really doing it and, I, and the minister himself said to me it was a hybrid and I've had a lot of grief over it. I know members of the Greens got very upset about that because they were saying, well, no, it is cost rental, it is cost rental. Because when they wrote it for their policies for the program for government, they wanted it based on Vienna. Doesn't seem to be delivering in that way. Yeah, and and the, look, and we will be years before you can deliver it at scale. I know the LDR are trying to get more like cost rental at scale, but at the moment and for the next few years, they're going to have to buy them off developers. And there's, you know, maybe, who knows? Well, maybe, maybe I don't know, depending on how the the market goes for buying apartments up from foreign funds. Maybe they'll go out of the market and the LDA flood in and they'll be able to get a good price and buying them. It's very rarely does the state get a good price on anything. So I imagine those pay the normal price for it. That could be where some more cost rental comes from in the next few years. But like this, the LDA has a, has a, had a large pipeline of proposals for projects, but like a lot of those haven't even started yet. They're still at the, like they're still in the stage of the LDA giving them the approval or rubber stamping. We'll give the money here, here and here. So we're a long way off because cost rental becoming a solution. It, it's good that it started and that's, you have to start somewhere. Maybe that's where we give the Minister of Housing some credit that it is started. It's not a perfect model. It's the Irish approach to maybe cost rental, but um, but it is something and it's looking, uh, yeah, the, but that's my, the, I hear what you mean though. That is the problem with the cost rental rents for the one beds that are meant to be for single people. It's just like so high. Like it, it is high. It, it, it is high because we, we can't get normalized to 1500 as normal I've for a rent. I've one of them actually re- recently, one of the ones that successfully launched in South County, Dublin, one of the comments was that it wasn't, that the rent wasn't really cost rental, but it was below market rents. And that's another interesting way of saying well, There seems to be a very, like, so, so there was at one time this going around that they were going to be all 20% below market rent. And, that that was turned out it was like a the government miscommunicating it that it was actually because some of them are twenty percent below market rent some of them some of some are thirty and forty so it's not fair to say that they are, are all twenty percent below but it is that's that's how they're portraying it as like this being x being below market rent but the cost rental model here is it what well, until they had some changes to it there in re, in the recent weeks and few months was in jeopardy because the the money needed through the scheme wasn't hot. The money been provided through the scheme wasn't high enough to bring them down to cost rental levels. So they had to up the amount of money they're giving to AHBs and to essentially and then the LDA to foot the bill for a cost rental. That's not a good sign. And that and that comes back to the costs. Like, you know, I feel like I can be hard on developers and hard on house builders, but like. You look at it and you see so many different areas of life that have, in, like the buzzword innovated, but innovated and gotten better. And like, I know the phone I'm holding now in my hand is more expensive than the dial up one that was in the house. But like, it's, it's more, it's, it's a very good product. It's improved rapidly. It's really, it, it's far ahead of what it was in the 90s. It now could land man the moon, if not, if not more, mm. with that computing power. But the house is like, are concrete. We are. That's just not sustainable. It's we can't build our housing targets if we keep going like this long, long, long term. When people start actually cracking down on carbon, on carbon footprint, on mm. the carbon targets, and it, I just that's what frustrates me. I think about and the industry say they're frustrated about different things, but that will frustrate frustrate me about the building industry is where is the diff, where where are you trying to find where's cost saving? Where's the innovation to save costs? 
and innovation is such a nonsense word no, I think but, so. but but there's so many different areas of life that have gotten better and cheaper you know like food like food is going through the roof now in different ways but it is we can get we can grow and produce food and it's gone and I caveating this but I know there's a cost of living crisis and stuff is going through the roof in some places we got to a stage where we were able to produce a lot of food cheaper than we were relative to relative to earnings but why is housing why is residential why is property just have to be done this one way all the time and if we could crack that note we, we might we well some of us would argue there's a profit motive there's also but profit is not a dirty word so it's got it has to be there has to be these things have to be factored in but you know again it's not impossible we're we're a mile and a half from from uh, the the Okulon houses that were built for 210,000 you know they got the land for free so how much land capture value is are we serious about land ta- about site value taxes are we serious about dereliction are we serious about this are we building the wrong things am I building too many hotels and not enough apartment blocks am I you know all of these questions we should be having as a society and with the industry but unfortunately the industry definitely hold the whip hand when it comes to policy in my opinion look I'm conscious of time we've gone we've gone well over but I would I would like to ask you though um in terms of the public sentiment to to the overall housing crisis in the last couple of years have we do you think we reached a it's not a turning point in in the, in the sense of the government are saying in delivery but a turning point in the public sentiment saying actually I think more people get it I think there's, and that, and that's from I think that's purely driven by the um, kids moving home. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of it is moved by kids moving home and or they know of someone, someone might, like a homeowner, just to not pick on them, just mention them for a second, a homeowner who even is, has, doesn't have their kids move home has seen other kids move home and, and and they're hearing them from their friends like, oh, it's tough. Like we're kind of, we, we're going out to dinner now to give them the, the, the sitting room for Friday night so they can just sit in and watch a movie on their own or give them their, some of their space. I think that spot really has changed a lot of people's minds. When I talk to different people, that, that seems to have really clicked with them that, oh, the kid, they, they have nowhere to go. They, they actually can't afford to save and live out. That's that. That is the biggest tipping point, I think. That's in the last few years, and that's that. That it's surprising it's taken that long because there's been a lot of people living at home for a long time. It's not. This is not a new phenomenon of like kids moving home and it's staying not, at home not and not new, moving out. But the statistics now bear it out, though, because you've gone from a situation whereby the average person maybe moved out at twenty three ten years ago. Now it's twenty eight. Yeah. So we've lost a year every two years. And similarly, when it comes to the first, you know, the per- person buying their first home, it was thirty four to thirty five. Now it's thirty. Uh, now it's thirty nine to forty. Yeah. We've we've jumped another five years in ten years, and it's, you know, it's crazy when you think. So so all of the people who reacted quite poorly to Holly Cairns' situation, saying that you know this generation is worse off than the one coming, uh, the one before us, our parents at the same age, particularly when it relates to housing and social mobility. When it comes to because if you don't have that asset. You don't really have as much stake in society as you. Want. That was that was my understanding was that was blown into proportion, and that the it, she was citing a like factual research mm-hmm. of like that it was it wasn't better off. It was purely fiscally like that mm-hmm. they they are will will be worthless because of lack of property. Like it's it's not, if a lot of more people will never own property, and most people's like inheritance or what they leave for an inheritance is wrapped up in property in that price, they will. On a numbers basis, not not on that again, not not on the phone that they have, not on the that their their bus is you know green energy whatever, not that not that they 
I don't know, they get better TV shows or whatever. It's not nothing to do with that. It's purely um, fiscally they will let's go back have to, less let's money. Let's go back to numbers and the average they say well, before just to finish on it, they reckon you know we're all sitting here and apparently me and you were two hundred grand, mm. right? On an, on average we're all worth two hundred, but that's because most of the prop most that's wrapped up in property wealth in Ireland. That's that number is actually declining because there's less people able to have a stake in the in the property game. And unfortunately, whether whether I'm a, I have a mortgage, but that's a that's a stake in the game. Whereas it's it's much more difficult. Look, Kenny, we'll we'll leave it there. I really appreciate you coming in. It's great to see you. It's great to it's great to the work to be in here is fantastic. And I know I've often said it. Listeners love listening to you, and I don't get that myself. You know, um, <laughs> make sure to it, it, it's it's it's. A I feel I'm all over the place when I'm talking. I think I think what they enjoy is the fact that you actually put the work in and you've actually continued to do it now. It must be now, what, four years ago we were walking through Minnews going to a housing conference. And yeah, well, yeah, 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 it was. You run that, you run that beat then and, and that's why, you know, when people say, what's the, what what, what do I like in, in journalism? I was like, the lads who burn the shoe leather and it's the lads who do that work and and, and you definitely do the work. So really Thanks appreciate it. Um, listen, folks, we have another, we're going to be talking Airbnb with a couple of people who are doing a project on on mapping kind of the, the short-term use, whether it's Airbnb or the booking.coms of this world and all the rest of it. So we'll be doing something on that during the week. And uh, Enos Hanam from uh, We Are Not Numbers in Gaza is trying to connect with me as well in relation to, thankfully, um, a, a slight cessation in the most recent escalation, but some of the things that have actually been imposed uh, on, on Gaza that have made life much more difficult in the last few weeks um, things that, I, that I, ha- I hadn't been aware of so we're going to have that conversation as well Listen, talk, thanks for listening thanks for support and we will talk to you all very very soon take care bye bye Tony and Martin Martin and Tony speaking to interesting people only it's the Echo Chamber podcast subscribe now on Patreon Oh